This is a Kansas Memory, a Kansas State Historical Society podcast featuring glimpses of Kansas history from documents in the Library and Archives collections. Clark Brewster was named after his great-grandfather, an early settler of Waverly, New York, a village on the New York-Pennsylvania border. Harvey and Cora Brewster raised Clark there in the early 1900s, along with their oldest son, Roy, and Harold, who was nine years younger than Clark. Waverly had about 6,000 residents at that time. Clark had finished school and begun working as a meat salesman in nearby Elmira when the U.S. entry into World War I changed his life dramatically. From Fort Slocum on Long Island, Clark boarded a train to travel to Fort Riley, Kansas in June 1917 to begin training with an artillery battery. This must have been some relief because at least it meant Clark wouldn't be fighting in the trenches, where the casualties were enormous. Today we're reading excerpts from the letters he wrote to his family from Fort Riley during the summer and fall of 1917. They begin on June 21st, the same week the first U.S. troops were landing in France. June 21st. Dear Dad and everybody, well at last I am at Fort Riley. I think I will like it a lot better than Fort Slocum. About the first thing an officer told us to do was to take our coats off and leave them off. Some relief, believe me. There was just 500 cavalrymen in our bunch and we are all housed in the riding school. It is some building when you can set 500 cots on the floor and leave an aisle between each row. The floor is covered with sawdust 4 or 5 inches thick so we do not get dirty at all. The buildings here are all of stone and are large and pretty. Maybe we will not get a chance to ride, but they sure have got a lot of horses here. We went through New York State, Pennsylvania, Ohio, Illinois, Iowa, Indiana, Missouri, and Kansas. Every place we went through, a lot of people were out cheering us. July 3rd. Yesterday we moved about one mile from the riding hall into the barracks. Some of us are in tents, but my gang and myself are in a barrack. I don't know whether we will have to go in tents or not. Gee, I hope we stay in the barracks, for it is all new and clean. Of course, it is only a rough wooden building, but it has electric lights in it and is great. Each barrack has a mess hall back of it and also a toilet. Each barrack will hold 100 men, and the mess hall has 10 tables that will each seat 10 men. So you see, when we get stationed in a barrack, it will be great. We get all we can eat up here, too, and that is a good thing. The toilet has 6 good shower baths in it and 8 new toilets, the same as we have at home. A man told me today that they expected to put up 3,000 such buildings here, enough for 70,000 men. July 11th. Dear Mother, well yesterday was a big day for Clark. First pay I ever got in the army and my 23rd birthday. I had $22 coming, but $3 was taken out for canteen checks that I had got at Fort Slocum and I had to pay for that picture. I am going to send Dad $10 tomorrow if I can get down to the post office. Today sure has been a wonderful day too. This morning I had my first drill with a rifle. We have not received a rifle of our own yet, so they took rifles from the assigned men and let us use them. We learned how to present arms, post arms, right shoulder arms, left shoulder arms, salute with a rifle, and about a hundred other things. The best part of our drill this morning was that they borrowed horses for us from B Troop. I am drilling with B Troop now. So you talk about riding a horse, it sure was funny. I had a dandy trained horse, but all it had on was a halter and a piece of rope for reins. No saddle or blanket. I stayed in the saddle for one hour without getting off. I said saddle there, but that was a mistake. You had ought to see me ride. Of course, the horses didn't hardly get off from a walk, or I would have been on the ground. Lots of fellows fell off as it was. Gosh, we had to ride without any hands and do a lot of stunts. But it was all fun for about half an hour. 
Then I commenced to get sore. You know where. But I stuck the hour out. Good night. I was sore as the deuce for a while, but now I feel better. Some of the poor fellows have got blisters and skin rubbed off, and one poor fellow bled right through his pants. Of course, it is nothing serious, but it sure does hurt. Probably I will be writing that I have to stand up to eat in a few days, but I should worry. If there is any possible way to learn to ride, I am the boy to do it. Received your box last night, and my three pals from Elmira and myself have made quite a hole in it already. It seemed good to get it on my birthday, too. Since I have been here, have seen several Hupmobiles, and one just like ours. Gee, it made me homesick to look at it. I sure hope you folks are enjoying the car. If you were only here, you could drive all around the fort with it. Good roads, and I know you would enjoy looking at everything. They are certainly doing things on a mammoth scale here. From his draft registration record, we know he was a tall, slender young man with light hair and light blue eyes. Although the family had always spelled Brewster, B-R-U, he wrote home to his family that when he signed the payroll, the Army had changed that spelling to B-R-E-W. Clark reasoned, I don't care anyway, only so I get my money. He sent as much of his paychecks as possible home to his parents. August 12th. Dear folks, it is just 9.45 o'clock, and I am waiting for a fellow to go down to the post office with. Last night I went to Manhattan with Mido and two fellows from Philadelphia. The streetcars were so crowded that we hired a fellow with a Maxwell car to take us up. We got two more fellows to go with us, and we all paid $1 apiece. Not so bad at that for 18 miles over poor dirt roads. The bum state don't have any macadam roads. It sure was a dandy ride, and I saw more of the country than I have ever before. The driver told us that back in the hills were the big cattle ranches. He also said there were lots of jackrabbits and coyotes around here. They hunt with greyhound here and let them catch the game. We also passed close to the barracks they are building for the drafted men. The buildings are two stories high and are winter quarters. Between each building they have built wooden fences about eight feet high with three or four strands of heavy barbed wire on top. This is to keep the drafted men in, and they say that each one will have to have a pass to leave their quarters. If they do all this, these men will sure have it hard. Yesterday we didn't have anything to do, so I went up to a ball game at the 21st in the afternoon. It was a punk game, but there are some good players on the teams. I have got to do a little washing again today. Gee, I hate to wash, but it is a nice day to dry clothes. The talk here now is that the attachment are going to the Philippines next week. I don't believe it, but if we go there, I don't believe we will get to France, for probably we will relieve the older men so they can go. I received a letter from Ed Swartward yesterday, and it seemed good to hear from him. I am going to write him this afternoon. Has Frank left Slocum yet? If he has, what is his address? Some fellow from Elmira wrote home that Riley is in the center of Kansas, but he is a buggy. The center of the United States is here, but it is nowhere near the center of Kansas. Last week they started to inoculate and vaccinate the men again. I have not got it yet, though. I have put newspapers on the bottom of my cot, under the blanket, and it sleeps a lot warmer. Gee, we had a rotten breakfast this morning. They said the cook didn't get up in time, so all we had was a few fried potatoes, two or three pieces of poor bacon, a little cornflakes, a piece of dry bread, and a poor cup of coffee. It was all punk and how the fellows did kick. I sure hope we have a good dinner, for I feel as if I could eat. Since he grew up in a small village, Clark probably didn't meet a lot of recent U.S. immigrants, but the Army changed that. At Fort Riley, he bunked with men of many different nationalities and beliefs, and it's obvious that this made him uncomfortable. In the letters, he uses ethnic slurs to describe them, especially when he talks about the Italian-American soldiers. During the period leading up to World War I, there was a huge influx of poor Italian immigrants into the U.S., and Clark's feelings about them might have been based on the public outcry against this, rather than his own personal experience. 
Whatever the case, the prejudice evidenced by Clark and other soldiers must have made it difficult for the men to work together as a regiment. August 16th. Dear folks, just got through for the day and I thought I would write you and take this letter to the post so you will sure get it Sunday. It is nearly 5 o'clock and we have put in a good day's drill. I feel better than the days we didn't drill too. We went up on the hill this morning at 7 o'clock and I'd done foot drill until 9 o'clock and then got a horse. I don't know whether I had a good horse or what it was, but anyway, I rode like an old timer. I didn't hardly move up off the horse. I think the reason was that I didn't think about falling off, but I didn't pay any attention to the horse. Just looked around and talked to the fellow next to me. I think I will make a rider yet if I do like I did today. We'd done artillery drill on horse for the first time. We made believe that we were drawing the piece in caisson. There are six horses to the piece and six to the caisson. It was one of the six that was supposed to be drawing the piece. The commands were all artillery commands and say we sure done some trotting. We were running most of the time from 9 o'clock until 11. Gee, I liked it today. They call the gun the piece, and the caisson is the cart that carries the ammunition. Sometimes the lieutenant would order the caisson in front of the piece, and then the fellows with the caisson would have to beat it past us and get ahead. Then he would order the piece ahead of the caisson, and we would run like the deuce to get ahead of the caisson. It was a lot of fun, and I enjoyed it all. I only hope I can do as well tomorrow. I guess the whole thing in writing is to keep your mind off from your horse and make believe you are in a rocking chair. This afternoon, we had semaphore signaling and then made believe a wagon was a gun and we drilled around that for a while, learning the different positions when in action. I believe the artillery will be real interesting when we get at it once. Yesterday, they took a fellow out of our tent and put him in the barracks, putting a darn Pollock in our tent. Believe me, we are sore for now we have one Wop, one Pollock, one German, one Swede, one Catholic, and only two Protestants in the tent. The little Wop and German are all right, and I don't like the looks of the Pollock. Last night I was talking German with the German lad, and we had a great time. Then I commenced trying to talk Latin to the WAP, but we didn't make out so well. The Latin words that I know are not the same as his Dago language. We had a lot of fun, though. I tried to get him to say the little rhyme about Peter Piper picked a peck of prickly peppers, etc. Say, you should have heard him. It was as good as a show. Finally, he wouldn't try to say it anymore and quit. It was warmer here today than it has been, and I sweat some, so I will have to take a bath and change underclothes tonight. Several times in his letters, Clark mentions the construction of nearby Camp Funston. Funston was one of 16 training sites, being built across the country at that time, and had a capacity of 30,000 to 50,000 soldiers. It was named for the famous Brigadier General from Kansas, Frederick Funston, who played a prominent role in the Philippine-American War. The 89th Division, which fought in the Meuse-Argonne Offensive, trained at Camp Funston. It was also the place where the first case of Spanish flu was recorded on March 4, 1918, the beginning of a pandemic that killed over half a million people in the United States alone. September 9th. Yesterday afternoon, Mido and Bird and I walked up to Camp Funston. It sure is some place. The barracks are two-story buildings and are put up a lot better than ours. All the drafted men have been given shoes, hats, and overalls. They expect to get the rest of their equipment next week, but I'll bet they get fooled. Camp Funston will take care of the drafted men from Kansas, South Dakota, Missouri, Nebraska, Arizona, New Mexico, and Colorado, so you can see it must be quite a place. They have started drilling already. September 16th. I don't believe that I want to transfer now, for this is the only real way to see Army life as it is. It sure is a great experience. You can read about life in the Army, but a person has to go through it himself to really get it. I am getting more used to it now, and it isn't so bad at that. Clark survived the war and the epidemic and returned to his family in Waverly. In 1920, he was working there as a stockbroker. 
This has been a Kansas Memory, a Kansas Historical Society podcast. The documents used in this podcast are from Kansas Memory, a virtual repository of primary sources from our collections. The URL for this website is www.kansasmemory.org. Thank you.